Ladies and gentlemen, Ladies and gentlemen, it's time to get it on. Get, get it on. Coming at you from a secret backwoods location in the middle of Texas. It's the highly opinionated and controversial voice of traditional old school Orthodox Christianity. This is this is spiritual combat with Doctor Scott Sullivan. Hello, hello, and welcome to Spiritual Combat, the show where we engage the enemy using prayer, fasting, and full contact logic on the front lines and in the trenches, inviting you to join the resistance against the forces of lies, error, and evil. I am your host, Scott Sullivan, and welcome to the show. Now, what I want to talk about today is just the very nature of spiritual combat. Now, when you put those two words together, at least in terms of Christianity, you know, people don't think they go together. A lot of people just, they just don't get it. How is it that Christianity, which, you know, most people have this kind of, this, this screwed up and false notion of Christianity, you know, to them it's just a bunch of love and smiley faces, that's all it is. You know, just be nice to people, that's all Christianity is, just a, just that kind of a nice guy, moral code thing. Uh, so where does combat fit into that? How does combat go with Christianity? It just sounds weird to most people. So why the heck do we have a show called Spiritual Combat when, when you know we're talking about the nature of Christianity and you know uh, the Christian faith and so on? How, how does combat fit into all this? Well, uh, the reality is classic old school Orthodox Christianity has always taught that right now you are in the fight of your life. Literally, you are fighting for your your soul, your eternal life, and it is described as a battle. There, there are these battle and fighting metaphors all throughout Scripture. We actually become holier and closer to God in this life to the degree in which we are willing to fight. We become holier by fighting. This Christian life is a warfare. This is the traditional teaching, and, uh, you know, it's just not talked about much anymore because it's not very pleasant. You know, we don't want to wake up and fight every day, but that is the nature of the case. Now, as any kind of warfare goes, you have to have enemies. That's just <laughs> tailed by, by the nature of warfare. So if, we're in a Christ, if, if, the, if Christianity teaches that we're in a, in a warfare, who are the enemies? Who are we fighting against, you see? Who are the enemies in our spiritual lives. Now, the first one that people usually think of is is one correct answer. We are in a warfare against fallen angels, Satan, the devil, demons, actual immaterial persons that are very powerful, smarter than we are, who are bent upon our destruction. That is one of our spiritual enemies, and they can cause us problems in a whole lot of ways. And this is precisely what St. Paul tells us. He says, For our wrestling is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers of the world of this darkness, against the spirits of wickedness. St. Peter also tells us the devil is like a roaring lion, prowling about seeking to destroy us. Your adversary, the devil, is like a roaring lion going around seeking whom he may devour. So scripture teaches that divine providence, God allows us to be attacked by 
demons. He doesn't take care of all of our problems. He does give a certain leeway to creaturely freedom, and that also includes the fallen angels. They've got some leeway in how they can harm us. So that's our first spiritual enemy. Uh, But the second enemy that we have in our spiritual life is ourselves, our own concupiscible nature. We have within us uh, a law of sin that is working against us. You know, it's kind of like we've got personal problems, big problems. Traditionally, it's been called the concupiscence of the flesh, the concupiscence of the eyes, and the pride of life. Concupiscence of the flesh, we have this inordinate desire for sensual pleasure. And you know what I'm talking about. But also that includes things like food, which people forget that. You know, gluttony is a sin, by the way. So we've got this concupiscence of the flesh. We also have the concupiscence of the eyes, which manifests itself in a number of ways. First of all, the vice of curiosity, this 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 sort of craving for frivolous knowledge. You know, we get on Facebook and we just got to know all the latest trivia. Sometimes we pursue legit sciences without due measure without moderation, to the detriment of our higher duties. You know, we're all into our work, that we neglect the things of home and things of this sort. All the indiscriminate TV watching, reading, music and stuff. We just What I mean is we're occupying one's leisure, we're filling it up with frivolity, useless knowledge and stats. You know, we got guys that, you know, we got guys that can memorize all sorts of sports stats. You know, some guy knows all these stats about baseball, and yet he doesn't know one lick about his theology. He can't tell you anything about his faith. He can tell you all kinds of stuff about the RBIs and and all that stuff, but he doesn't know one lick about his faith. Tell me that's not a disorder. Personally, I got a problem with that. Also, concupiscence of the eyes is just simply greed. This inordinate desire for money. As if money were the the goal of life. Right? You get enough money, you're going to be happy, right? Isn't that true? I mean, all the rich people are happy, aren't they? Yeah. Of course they are. Inordinate desires for honors. All this falls under the category of concupiscence of the eyes. And then we've got the pride of life, this sort of worship of self, where we overrate ourselves. We exaggerate all of our good qualities, and we downplay all of our bad ones. Vanity, this sort of inordinate seeking of the esteem of others. We want to appear greater than we really are. You get this, you know, this 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 appearance over substance thing going on. You know, you want to appear something like something that you're not. Boasting, ostentation, hypocrisy. You know, all this comes from pride, this inordinate love of self. It's a disorder. Anything good we have comes from God. So, those are the problems that come from ourselves. These enemies of self, all these different parts of our fallen nature. We have to fight against those. We have to mortify ourselves. And therefore, the Christian life is a combat in that sense. 
Now, the third enemy is the one I really want to focus on today because it's one that I think a lot of Christians just simply underestimate. All right, we got, you know, the most obvious enemy is, like I said, you know, the the Satan and, and, you know, demonic temptation. That's enemy number one. That's the one at least the people most uh, frequently think about. And then I said the second one is ourselves. Yes, our own sinful nature. We are inclined to sin given, given the fall, given that theological doctrine. So we've got the devil as our enemy. We've got our own sinful nature as an enemy we have to fight against. But the third one is uh, unfortunately not so obvious to a lot of good, hardcore Christians. They, they just don't get this. And that is the enemy of the world. The world. Now, by the world here, I don't, I don't mean just all of creation. You know, God created the world and, and saw that the world was good. So the, the world is good in that sense when we talk about creation. I'm not talking about that when I use the term the world. When I use the term, when I use the, term the world, I mean something very different. What I mean by this term is what James meant by this term. When he said, Whosoever therefore will be a friend of the world becomes an enemy of God. To be a friend of the world is to become an enemy of God. He says that in James 4 4, by the way. Or St. Paul, for example, in Galatians says, The world is crucified to me and I to the world. So, see, we have this scriptural basis of being in opposition to the world. So, there's, there's the world in the good sense, you know, God's creation, that's good and all that. Yeah, when, when the world means that, the world is good. But there's this other sense of the world that I'm calling an enemy of Christianity, an enemy of the Christian uh, religion, those who practice it. Another sense of the term the world that's very bad. And we see a scriptural basis for this. In this sense of the world, we simply define it this way. The sum total of those who oppose Jesus Christ. So, by the world in this bad sense, I mean the sum total of those who oppose Jesus Christ. And there are a lot of those. Turn on the TV. Turn on the radio. Take a look at the magazines and the checkout counter. There's a lot of stuff going on in the world that's completely opposed to Jesus Christ. And we could think of a lot of things. For example, simply just unbelievers, people who are just hostile to religion, atheists, skeptics, etc. That's part of what I mean by the world in the negative sense. Also, we can mean the indifferent, people who just don't care. They're not really like, you know, hardcore unbelievers. They just don't give a darn, you see. The indifferent. They're just kind of stuck in apathy, and we all know people like that, right? And then another sense of the world, or another uh, uh, constituent of the world, are hardened sinners. They may not be hardcore atheists or, or just apathy, but they're just stuck in sin. You know, they're, they're, they're controlled by their vices in some way. They can't get out. They're, they're, they're just hardened. Maybe they don't even want to get out. And another part of the world is what was tra- has been traditionally called worldlings. Worldlings. These are people, and they very well could, they could be even Christians, 
but they kind of want to have their cake and eat it too. They want to go to church on Sunday and have have this really nice and pleasurable life the rest of the week. They want to have their pleasures, their worldly pleasures, that is, and their Christianity too. So these kinds of people are, are just fixated on things of the world. They're fixated on, on, on pleasure or luxury or money or fame or beauty. They're, they're fixated on these things. They may call themselves Christians, and they may be, in a sense. They're baptized, and they, you know, they go to Mass on Sundays. But they're worldlings because... They are. They have placed worldly things at least on par with, if not higher than, God Himself. If you know, if you, if you ask them, you know, where, where does God fit into your life? They'll probably say, "Oh, he, he he's the top." But in practice, what do they think about all the time? What are they acting towards? It's an entirely different goal. You see, these are worldlings. So. Please understand, and this is the, this is the one. This is the enemy I want to focus on in this podcast. Is the world, and the reason why I want to focus on it is because a lot of people just simply overlook it. You have to understand if you are a serious Christian, Catholic, Protestant, it doesn't matter. Do not underestimate the enemy of the world. Yes, there's Satan. Yes, there's a, there's your own sinful nature, but doggone it. The world is against you too. World here, again, I mean by that the sum total of those who oppose Jesus Christ. So how does this world hurt us? How does the world cause us spiritual harm? Well, the answer is, is that the world, that is, the sum total of those who oppose Jesus Christ whether it's unbelievers, the indifferent, the hardened sinner, worldlings, doesn't matter, is that they operate on different principles. The decisions they make come from a different set of values, a set of values that are opposed to the gospel. The world glorifies ideas that are opposed to the gospel. If you don't believe this, again, turn on your TV. You know, all this this show of vanities and pleasures. These TV shows and these movies, not all of them. You know, I'm not opposed to TV in in total or movies in total. Not not by any stretch, but come on. Popular culture, for the most part, makes sin look attractive. It makes sin look cool. The, The program's... Give the guys that vice is fun, cool, attractive. You know, you're with it. It's funny. And that and that kind of stuff, that kind of stuff caters to our curiosity. It caters to our sinful, fallen nature. It caters to our lust and 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 you know desires for immodesty. All these fallen parts about us. And by doing this, the world can help lead us astray by giving us these by extolling these maxims that are opposed to the gospel, by giving us bad, evil examples. The hero in the movie is cool, he's fun, but he also lives a lifestyle that is radically opposed to the teachings of Jesus Christ. You see? And you get sucked in. You get sucked in. 
It's, it's amazing to me what a lot of parents let their kids watch. I don't think adults should be watching that, let alone their kids. I mean, the kids being, you know, be more influenced by that. But don't underestimate how the world can influence adults too. You get sucked in. It causes you to lower your guard. You become, you know, desensitized to sin. You, you, you lose that, that, sensi- that sensitivity that you would have it towards sin otherwise because you've been shown how cool it is and how fun it is, etc., etc., from the world and its channels. And right now, I'm, you know, I'm probably just focusing on popular media. The world can also terrorize Christians in a way, too. Sometimes it's organized outright persecution, you know, throw your butt in jail because you're a Christian. Oh, that never happens anymore. Yeah, right. It's happening every day all over the world. And it seems to be picking up in this country now. People being persecuted, losing their businesses, being threatened in in legal courts because of their religious beliefs. This is a form of terrorism. Maybe we could call it legal terrorism. Nevertheless, it is the way the world fights against you. And if it's not that kind of an outright persecution, it's kind of a softer persecution. You know, mockery, jest, ridicule. When's the last time you saw a a believer look good in a movie? Hardly ever happens. They're usually, you know, fool. They're usually portrayed as fools. Christians in in popular media are portrayed as hypocrites, gullible, self-righteous people. You never see a, 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 a true follower of the gospel like a St. Francis of Assisi too much. It's always, you know, the, the religious weirdos and stuff. That's, that's what we hear about. So we, kinda, we have to resist the world in this way. We have to fight that tyranny of human respect. Yeah, if you are a Christian, people are going to make fun of you. They're going to call you names. They're going to they're gonna mock you. They're going to jest and, and, and ridicule you. That, that's going to happen. Remember what St. Paul said. If I yet pleased men, I should not be the servant of Jesus Christ. Galatians 1.10 So when we look at this world through the eyes of faith, the world is clearly an enemy of Christ. As St. Bernard once said, either Christ blunders or the world goes astray. So therefore, if we're going to be good Christians, we're going to have to fight against this. This is, what, this is my whole point. We must accept a standard of life which is opposed to the maxims of the world. A choice is necessary. You can't, you can't serve both. We need to read the gospel. We need to avoid dangerous occasions of sin. And we, we, and we certainly need to judge all things in light of the gospel. Either Christ blunders or the world goes astray. So I hope that helps. I hope you can see now that why we're justified in saying that there is such a thing as a spiritual combat and that anyone who's serious about their faith, who wants to take this seriously, has to engage in a fight. And this fight is lifelong. You've got to fight against the temptations of the devil. You've got to fight against your own sinful nature. And you've got to fight against the influence of the world. That's the point I want to get 
across in this episode, in this podcast. The, the, the spiritual, the, the Christian life, that is, is a spiritual combat. And if you don't fight, if you don't fight the good fight, you simply aren't going to win. That's all we have time for today, folks. This is Scott Sullivan. Visit us on the web at www.scottmsullivan.com where I have some more resources for you regarding Christian faith and apologetics, theology, and things of that nature. Also, don't forget to subscribe to our podcast. You can do that there on iTunes, or you can do it on your Droid device. Any device you have, you can subscribe to our podcast. That way you'll be notified when the next one comes out. I look forward to talking to you in the next episode of Spiritual Combat. Spiritual Combat. Hardcore Catholic Radio. Catholic Radio. With Dr. Scott Sullivan.